0: Welcome to Mannerisms, the Manner Lakes Peter 12 College podcast, where we share the stories of people in our school community. Our primary school art teacher, Danny Brighton, has enjoyed more than her 15 minutes of fame. In 2020, Danny and her husband, Tim, won our TV screens for a month, when they appeared in season two of LEGO Masters on Channel 9, and they excelled themselves. Among eight teams, they finished fourth. Off screen, their lives have been extraordinary enormous heartache followed by unimagined joy. Danny has been kind enough to join us to share her story. How are you, Danny? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, yeah, our pleasure. Um, So just a bit of a potted history first, Danny. I mean, we'll leave Lego to one side for a moment um, because long before Lego Masters, uh, and Ruby touched upon it in her introduction, you already had an amazing story to tell. Um, In 2014, when Tim was 20, he was diagnosed with a brain tumour. He started taking medication that he'll have to take for the rest of his life, and the docs told him he had just a 1% chance of becoming a father. Uh, I don't like those odds. Mm-hmm. But you even considered adopting a child, And but the day you put your first payment down for your wedding, you also found out that you were pregnant. So that must have been just the most beautiful shock of all time.
2: It was pretty cool. And... I actually still want to be an adoptive mum, so nothing's really changed. I think Tim got a bit lucky there that when he was told um, it's actually less than one percent chance of having kids, um, wow. I was like, you know what, I'll be an adoptive mum anyway, so we didn't have to worry. It wasn't really. Um, it was just the next battle for us, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and fast forwarding uh, a little bit, now you've got two. I daughters. suppose you call them miracle daughters. Oh, yeah. uh, Kalia and Zadia?
2: Kalia and Zadia. Kalia and yeah.
1: Zadia. Uh, how old are they now? Is it 4 and 3 or?
2: Yeah, Kalia yeah. turns 5 next month. Okay. So she's nearly there.
0: Yeah. And are they into Lego already?
2: absolutely they are already building little parties we have a whole lego room at home so they just go through um well they got their own collection but they're still pinched from their dad's collection um and yeah they're making little parties they've got all the characters they've got their own sig figs which is a figure that looks like yourself we actually took some to the zoo on the weekend and we took photos of their own little sig figs it was very cute yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. and so you and tim met when you were 12 and you became high school sweethearts at mount gambia high Mm -hmm. but you're total opposites Completely. We
2: literally have nothing in common. You know, I'm an artist. He loved all his building of Lego. I wasn't all that interested in Lego through high school. Um, he's very shy. I was very outgoing. Um, we honestly, we have like the same opinions on, you know, how we want to raise kids and how we want the world to be. But other than that, all our hobbies, everything completely separate.
1: Yeah. Well, opposites attract. But as you say, yeah. same values make it uh, that's it uh, more compatible. Um, Tim, Got into Lego from a very young age, but you didn't do Lego until recent years, and that was to support Tim mm-hmm. and his passion for it. Um, it played a pretty important role in his recovery, didn't it, Lego?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, when you're 19, 20, and you find out you've got three weeks to live, you go through this phase of. Oh, things I've missed out on, things I wanted to do, things I regret not doing, and one of those things was pursuing his Lego cuz as you get older, you get told, well that's a kids toy. Why are you using that? And it was really discouraged like up to that point. And when he survived and came out the other side, he decided, yeah, I'm going to um pursue it, started making really large mocks, um my own creations, is what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he entered in Brickvention straight away after he recovered, which is our biggest Lego exhibition in Australia. And he actually came; I think it was second that year in his first go. So, yeah, yeah. Um, big success. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I've forgotten the question. I think I rambled on.
1: <laughs> uh, that's alright.
0: Um, did you ever think that he would grow out of his Lego craze? I did in high school,
2: um, but once he went to Brickvention, it kind of cemented the fact that this was going to be a forever thing. Yeah. And from there on, we started planning for Lego rooms in our home and things like that.
1: <laughs> um, and just taking you back a step, you said he was given three weeks to live. Yes.
2: Yeah, so he went blind in one eye over the duration of a week and they had everyone look at him. His eye was perfectly normal. And eventually they did the scan and they found there was a tumor pressing on his optic nerve. Um, there was no other symptoms, no headaches, nothing. Um, and... He was told if he doesn't get surgery in the next three weeks, he would die.
1: Yeah. So give us an insight into the emotions that he's (laughs) feeling, you're feeling. It must have just been an absolute blur, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah. Being 20, I was a little bit naive thinking he's young, he'll pull through. I didn't for a minute think he wouldn't survive just because I don't think I was ready to accept Mm. that at 20. For him, he was just going through all the emotions. Um, There was the night, the day before he went in for his first surgery, he'd um, had to write out all his passwords, all his accounts. So if anything went wrong, I'd actually have to go in and handle all of that for him. It's pretty morbid, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it is very morbid. We're talking last meals. They're talking, Mm. um, you know, who he wants to see the first, if he comes out the other side. And they're talking a lot of ifs and hearing all that. I think it hit me the most the night before because his whole family were there in the hotel room together in Brisbane. And we're talking like you know, if he doesn't make out um you know what's the first thing he needs done, what does he want to do with his Lego collection, what does he want to do with his things mm. um how he wants to be remembered, like we're writing it all down. You know, he hadn't quite turned 20 yet. he was 19 and a half, so we hadn't even hit the 20s. He's still a teenager at this point.
1: He doesn't even know himself, let alone knowing yeah. all these answers to those questions.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it was very emotional. His mum being a nurse, she really knew, you know, looking after a patient is keeping his spirits high. So, you know, making sure he... Is getting what he wants. Um, he actually asked me to make his last meal, which was mac and cheese. I have a famous uh, mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> his mother was a little downhearted that it wasn't one of her meals. <laughs> uh. I can understand that now. Um, but, yeah, just tried to keep it upbeat, but it's hard to. Um, yeah, and his surgery had only been seen, not done, once by his surgeon. Um, there was only one other occurrence of it in Australia at the time.
1: Wow. Mm. Um, and. Yeah, and Lego was a great focus for him to Yeah. just...
2: He actually needed us to build alongside him because he couldn't determine colour just before his surgery. So right. we all kind of sat together and helped him build his last few sets. Oh. I think his last set was... Oh, I think it was a Star Wars ship. It was just a little pack. It was Star Wars. That was the last thing he built before he went in. And it was this um, really grand thing. It was like if he passes, this is the last thing we're going to have of his. Oh. And it was like cute. this big oof. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Have you still kept that?
2: Yeah, it's still somewhere in the collection. I don't yeah. know if he's kept it together specifically. Yeah. Um, actually, I haven't kept track of it. I'm hoping his mother okay. has it, actually. I think she would probably get the most out of that.
1: Mm. Yeah, so we've got that going on in the background. So you mentioned Vench and the
0: mm-hmm. Lego
1: comp- massive exhibition. Um, second in his first try, I think he got third in another one as well. Um, yeah. How good an apprenticeship is that, looking back, for <laughs> Lego Masters?
2: It was really good because we got to know, you know, what's popular, what are other people doing, lots of feedback. He made um, a lot of connections in the community as well, which went a long way um, for, well, we actually knew like Brickman before he was, you know, the Brickman. Right. We knew him before all his fame and having that connection beforehand. Um, and yeah, he really grew just from that experience. We learned not to put a big plastic perplex case over our model because it's not photogenic and we're all remembered for that. And as the years went on, he let me build onto his model. So I started to support him. And of course, I started out small, just building out landscape. And on a lot of his early mocks, um, there's a lot of Disney references because I love my Disney. So there's all mm. these little um, like Aladdin's lamps and um, roses under a cup, things like that. So yep. yeah. Yeah. That's so how we kind of got together, I suppose, on the Lego front. Yeah, wow. And right. so
0: when you had your edition for Lego Masters, you had such little confidence in your own Lego ability that you thought that Tim would be chosen and they'd team you up with someone else. It's
2: actually really funny because I was not Tim's first pick
0: <laughs> for no, being no. a partner. Um, Here we go. Here's
1: an exclusive. <laughs> Who was the first pick?
2: Um, his name is Ben and he often wins Rick He's a very experienced right. builder and he is the most beautiful person, biggest hype man ever, but he didn't want to audition. Um and I'm sure s-
1: you just didn't elbow him out the way. <laughs> Shh, <laughs> don't
2: tell people that. Um, no, so I, I've been saying to Tim from the get-go, it's just another art form. I'm an artist. You know, yeah. I can learn, I can create. I'm you no know, not too bad for someone who hasn't really trained in it. I'll happily go in and support you and I've already built with him, so I know his style. So it, it should work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went in, um, we brainstormed together. He picked the idea. He chose which bits would be easiest or most achievable for me. So he helped me out the best he could. And yeah, it came together and they liked the way we spoke to each other and mixed because yeah. it's TV, it's not just a competition. Yep. So you need to be fun to watch as well. So yeah. there were other people in the room that built things Far better than us, but they didn't talk for the whole yeah. audition. There was no talking, so right. yeah. they didn't know how they'd go in front of the camera.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, okay, mm. um, and. So you get the good news, you're in, uh, but to do Lego Masters, you have to drop everything in your life for basically four or five weeks. Mm. I mean, you're a teacher and Tim's a furniture salesman, is that right? He was he until was? recently.
2: Right. <laughs> he now What's... works for Brickman.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, is that yeah. right? Yeah, wow. as
2: of um, a week and a half ago. So oh, really? What's in. his role? He's a brick monkey, so he builds – he gets told what to build and he builds it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Wow.
2: Lots of secret projects I'm not allowed to talk about. (laughs) Okay. Oh, that sounds
1: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Wow. Um, But in the initial phases of the show, you had to make arrangements – for with work and child care mm. and all that sort of stuff did that present any issues for you
2: on his side yes because working in retail and over the summer break um commission-based work and so on it's really hard to get time off well yeah. lucky his boss was okay with it for yeah. me it was a little easier because i was just casual relief teaching so i could just choose not to work if i didn't want to yeah um and as for child care um my in-laws are retired, so they got to hang out with their grandkids for up to three months because huh. it was three months of filming. It was actually, three months, three of months, right. yeah, wow. a long time. We had a short break over Christmas and came back for a bit wow. longer. And okay. by the time it was the finale, it was about three months.
1: So it was over Christmas, nineteen twenty. Yeah, yeah, just before the pandemic. Just before the <laughs> pandemic struck. Okay, and during the show, you built some pretty spectacular creations. I mean, there was an an alien invasion that was then exploded. There was an underwater octopus guarding a treasure chest and fighting off a pirate. That's pretty elaborate. And Mm -hmm. underwater, it looked fantastic. Uh, You had this great idea for the Make and Shake Challenge uh, to build what Brickman hailed as the world's most impenetrable popcorn (laughs) machine. And you actually won that challenge. So you must have been proud to show off your skills and creativity in front of this big viewing audience
2: for sure the day we did the popcorn box i it was probably like my happiest bounciest day in front of camera because i've been really unsure about everything beforehand and then when i had this idea it was just like i can't let go of it we have to do this oh my goodness tim didn't even want to do aesthetics because it meant to be about the shaking and i just saw the opportunity because i got bored stacking and i'm like i'm gonna do rainbow i love rainbow as you could probably guess from all the colors i wear (laughs) um and yet, it's halfway through i'm going oh Tim, I've got this idea. Shh, don't let everyone hear. They're going to steal our idea because they didn't want them to use the shake as their story. We didn't have that yeah. story, but I thought of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm yelling into my microphone on me going, Jess, which is our interview person, Jess, get out of here. I've got to talk to the camera right now. Come out of here. And, then, yeah. um, and there's Jen and Jody next to us watching uh-huh. me go, like lose my mind. And they're like, I think Danny wants to talk to you, Jess. They're the same <laughs> person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I kind of got the opportunity to have a bit of personality and be me and be comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah. And then when we won, it was just like the best feeling ever because it was one of my ideas. So yeah. I finally felt like I was part of the team instead sort of like just a bit of support. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. yeah so so uh, you made it to the final four, so mm-hmm. the semifinals. Did you start thinking that you might be a chance to win the $100,000 prize money?
2: Yeah, we were getting a little bit cocky, honestly. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we could do this. We could totally... We, we, we thought, oh, yeah, we could probably beat one of the other things. Maybe... We picked Alex and Jackson as winners from the get-go because they were just superb. But we're like, we might be able to get in there as second. We're, we're really confident. As long as we don't get an urban city build, which is the complete opposite of our style, we'll yep. be fine. And then it was an urban style <laughs> build. So um, when we saw the challenge, we were like, oh, no. <laughs> but beforehand going in, we were probably a little too cocky. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: So tell us about that. That was uh, that elimination. That was in Challenge 10 that you were mentioning there. Mm-hmm. Um it was obviously a very shattering moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I had been practicing with Technic Lego moving parts for basically the whole time we we're on the show. And I thought I'd be able to pull it off because um, we really wanted moving parts. We felt that the only thing we were lacking in the competition was that component. So we we're trying to fill in those gaps so we could you know, get to the end. Yeah. Um, so when we were given the warehouse and we thought of aliens, we're like, um, we can have the spaceship lift up which was all well and good at the start. But once I got the mechanism working, Brickman comes over and he goes, make it go higher. Well, okay. So we can make it go higher. And then he comes over again. And he goes, it's still not high enough. Keep going. I'm like, but the mechanism at the bottom of this, which we can't get back to now, yeah. isn't going to be able to support more height, more weight. But he kept pushing us and pushing us. And um, yeah, in the end, when we moved our model to the big reveal area, um, something must've shifted. So it didn't lift. So very shattering to be feel responsible for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were, I mean, there was a lot of things wrong with that build as well because we had a lot of blocking with the positioning of some of the things on there. But in the end, that was what completely took us out fully. So
1: Just, just blame your mate Brickman.
0: <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I feel, felt all the pressure yeah. he put on. I might be a little angry at him. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. a little. Yeah. Yeah. And so as an audience, we just sit back and see it as a fun, cool show. But how stressful was it as a contestant? Very stressful. Intestines. Yeah, you get that out (laughs) alright? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Um, It was crazy stressful.
2: So at the time, specifically for me, I was actually still breastfeeding my daughter. So all my breaks were not with everyone (sighs) having a good laugh. I'd have a bit of food in a little tent to the side in a smeltering hot room anyway. Pumping and trying to eat, so there was not a lot of downtime for me. I'm like stressing of this, stressing of that. Um, then you're in front of a camera. You haven't had a chance to talk to your partner like everyone else has, and you're trying to play a bit of catch up. Um, and then of course you got the timer, the communication, and oh my gosh, you'd think being with your partner since you're twelve, he knew how to communicate. No, <laughs> I communicate very visually. I'm, you know, I draw everything. But when he needs to communicate to me, he has, he's i remember in the star wars episode when i didn't know anything about star wars to build it he drew just a triangle a simple triangle goes build that right yeah it was meant to be some sort of bike from star wars it's meant to be three-dimensional he just drew a two-dimensional no shading nothing and i'm like that was the day i'm like we need to talk about communication (laughs) so (laughs) that yeah Yeah. very stressful
0: and (laughs) so the host hamish blake so obviously a funny guy how did you find him I got to hug him
2: twice. He's like a big teddy bear. He's so sweet. And he's so funny even off camera. We didn't get to hang out a lot, but he was just joke after joke after joke. And he and Tim really bounced off each other for jokes because Tim loves his um, puns and Hamish loved it. And there were a few jokes that were a little too naughty for the camera between them. <laughs> yeah. So not repeat of the them here. Cut. This is a
1: school audience. <laughs> exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, he was... He's very tall, unusually tall. You wouldn't think he's so tall, but he is. I I would not better reach the top of his head on my tippy toes. He's very tall. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and uh, obviously you've known Brickman for a little bit, but um, this would have been a chance to work with him more closely and learn directly from him in a lot of ways?
2: Yeah, there was actually when the cameras weren't watching us and he would just come in, stroll around and just have a chat to us and kind of reassure us that we're doing well, it's, you know and I know it's stressful with the questions coming at you from the TV but I just want to assure you that you're doing fine you've got this your ideas great don't mm. stress and yeah he just made sure everyone felt comfortable in the room that we weren't just thinking we're yeah.
0: going home we're going home <laughs> And how much did you learn on the show?
2: Oh, I learned everything about Lego on the show, basically. Um, Like, I was very much a beginner before going on there, and I had to learn quick Mm. because with snot bricks, that's not on top. There's a lot of maths that goes into it, so all your studs line up on on the edge of the build and trying to keep track of it has to have two plates or five bricks in between, and then you've got this spacer for when this happens, and it's...
1: Mm. Very yeah. complicated.
0: <laughs>
2: um,
1: and you experienced a little bit of the downside of being a celebrity. I mean, there's rumours and misinformation and stuff. Wasn't there a, a rumour about, I think it probably leads back to Tim's uh, brain tumour, about that he was blind in one eye or something yeah, like that?
2: Yeah, so when they did the media release, they said Tim was still blind in one eye. And I think what's actually happened is when we did our Zoom meeting as part of the um, process to get on the show... Um, our daughter had actually scratched the corner of his eye and he was in an eye patch. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, when we yeah. were interviewed, they must have connected the brain tumor story yep. to the eye patch on uh, screen and thought he never got his vision back. So, there were some assumptions. Uh, no, and we just, we
1: just a pirate. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so, we had to address it on our own Instagram, but oh, like, right. oops, my bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, did anything surprise you about the process of being involved in a TV show?
2: It was a very long process. It was nearly six months. Um, mm. We didn't know till five days before the show started filming that we were on the show. So it was a very quick five preparation. Days. Yeah, five That's
1: days. Not, not a lot of time to shuffle the yeah. deck chairs around. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Lucky the in-laws had already agreed to um, mm. look after the kids if we got on the show and they could drop everything you know, easily. Um, so yay. Um, yeah. But I think it was something that was pleasantly surprising is we had to go talk to a psychiatrist before going on the show to make sure that we were mentally well enough to handle the public um, right. yeah, reaction. The and all that, yeah. Yeah, because trolls on the internet, they can be mm. pretty harsh and they can go after your family and all these other things. Yep. We also had to have a very um, important conversation with the media team about things that could come up from our past, so... Yep. Um, fun bit of news i found out that tim and i were actually a replacement team for another team they had a few things in the background that the studio was worried about being found out about wow so they actually got told no you're too much of a risk and we were actually picked because of that so you're the
1: fallback plan yeah we were the fallback which doesn't surprise
2: me with five days notice so we only found this out earlier this year so we didn't know at the time that was the case so yeah
0: okay (laughs) and so what was it like to watch yourself on tv
2: very weird um I often joke that I don't care about bad photos anymore because all of Australia has seen every bad angle I have (laughs) um yeah it was just It was also a very awkward time for where my hair was at because I shaved my head for charity 18 months before I'd been on the show so it was at a very awkward in between stage and I was just cringing a lot like oh that's not what I look like though and well now I don't look like that anymore as well
1: (laughs) well, we mentioned social media before did you you know, if, did you cop any trolling or anything like that from the show?
2: Um, not really because Tim and I weren't really liked or disliked. We kind of faded amongst the teams. We just weren't popular or really noticed. Right. So our second week of the show was our best one. And then after that, like I said, we got three seconds of backstory. We were very much yeah. just forgotten out of the others. Other people like Summer from Summer and Iona, you know, they copped a lot, um, particularly mm. from men. So um, yep just a lot of judgment
0: yeah and so um what advice would you give people about how to become a lego master
2: um it's just pretty much have fun as long as you're passionate about what you're building it it's going to come out good um and if you want to get on the show half the challenge is coming up with a good idea the idea is half of the build just executing it after that you know it's your own style you're allowed to have your own style there's no expectation of how you should build and you don't need to be an expert because even if you have all the knowledge in the world, that brick pit does not have every piece. If you don't have the problem-solving skills to just go over the flow, um, you're going to struggle. So, make sure you've got good ideas and you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. And so, are you and Tim ever competitive with each other? Hmm...
2: I wouldn't say we are because we build very different things. So, he loves his medieval stuff. He's very much into his D&D where I like just building for the fun of it. Recently, I built like just Pokemon portraits, which is completely different to what he built. And before that, I did like a um, hermit crab, but the shell was like a Volkswagen bug car. So, like they're very diverse, whereas he's very much into his genre. So, it's hard to be competitive when your styles are so different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you mentioned your little Lego room that you build in. How often are you in there now considering, <laughs> I suppose, the, well, the girls are probably old enough to be playing in there too. Uh,
2: yeah, how the, often are you in there? Every day. Every day we're mm. definitely in there. We're often just in there just chatting away. It's kind of our hangout spot now because the kids right. like to be in the lounge room doing their thing or in their playroom. Um, and they've got their own Lego building station in the Lego room, so we're often in there as a family just hanging out. It's also the computer room. So we've just, it's kind of just where we come together now.
0: Yeah, sure. and do you have your lego creations on display around the house not just in your lego room um
2: at the moment they're just in the lego room um we just worry about things falling off of shelves at the moment and whatnot um yeah we are running out of space to put our lego though so we're probably going to be expanding out soon yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, do you two throw up ideas about what would be cool to build um while you're over the dinner table, for instance, or <laughs> while you're brushing your teeth or whatever you, you know.
2: Yeah, on occasion we'll come up with a really cool idea and we'll talk about it. And like at the moment we're collaborating on what would have been our finale build to show at Brickvention in January. So there's a lot of ideas around how we can convey different parts of this world we're going to make. And yeah, every now and again we're like, oh, that would make a really good Lego build, like my um, Pokemon portraits. Because portraits been a new thing with Lego, I thought, oh, that's... Bring it over to some pop culture and yeah. throw it together and see how it translates. And yeah, yep. we just talk about it and make it happen.
1: Yeah. Now, give us your sales pitch. Tell us why people should try Lego. I mean, what are the what are the great benefits from it? I'd imagine that you know, imagination and problem solving and critical thinking and all that sort of stuff. But
2: yeah, yeah. Um, Lego's being used as a meditation tool, and mindfulness, because while you're there, you're just thinking about the bricks and the yep. rest of the world kind of melts away because you're so in focused. your mind yeah. and focused on building. Um, and it's really satisfying when you um, get through a problem and find a solution especially with technique when you finally get the mechanism to work very Mm. satisfying so you know it's calming it's relaxing it's creative it gives you something to show and to share and it brings people together as well so with your mates with your family especially with my kids it's really cool to sit down and we just build together and yeah you just kind of forget about everything else for a bit
0: Mm. and so what's next for you in the lego community
2: Um, probably just going to as many exhibitions as we can. So Brickvention's the big one. We did want to go to Brick Gambia because Mount Gambia is our hometown, but we can't because it's throughout the week and we've got lives now. It's really tricky. Um, Tim is now working for Brickman and he's building a lot of large scale models with like wire framing inside it. So when you see a Brickman exhibition, Tim has helped build some of those really massively scaled builds.
1: How's he enjoying it one and a half weeks in?
2: He's loving it. He's absolutely loving it. He's, he comes home breaking. They said I was building too fast. There were no (sighs) mistakes with it, but I'm building too fast. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, uh, wow. Oh, that's
1: great. Yeah. Um, now we'll probably ask you a little bit about your school time here. Uh,
0: yeah, so at school here, so I believe you're planning to run a Lego program or lunch club?
2: Yeah, so we are still trying to figure out how, um, what Lego we're going to buy for it. But we're going to make a Lego Masters Club and we're looking at using it as a reward system. So kids who want to come learn to be a Lego Master, they can work for the reward and come and hang out with me for a few weeks in Lego Club.
0: Oh, wow,
1: yeah. that's that's really cool incentive. Um, yeah. And as you say, you're an artist, um, you're great at creating realistic drawings, paintings, sculptures of people and animals and all that sort of stuff. And you're actually beautifying the school with your work. Um, this hasn't gone unnoticed. Uh, on an art room wall, you're painting a Legoland mural that you designed. Um, you've also helped paint another mural with those wonderful words, sprinkle kindness like it's confetti. I oh, love that. That We could all use that as a motto. Um, and you're obviously passionate about, teaching art what kinds of things do you try to impart upon your art students
2: i think the most important message i'm trying to deliver the kids is it's not about perfection it's work is about progress and finding progress not finding perfection because a lot Mm. of kids um i can't draw that it doesn't look right i've got to put this in the bin i'm going to scribble it out but they don't seem to see the uniqueness that comes with mistakes yeah um the greatest artworks in the world they're not realism drawings or paintings it's completely irrelevant how real something looks but we're really hung up on it and i think that message goes over to other parts of our life um when you work at something and practice something you find progress and you get better and better it's not about finding perfection it's about looking back a few months ago hold on a few months ago i couldn't do that but now i can that's pretty cool yeah
1: and you've mentioned before about your hair. I mean, you, you do brighten up the school with your colourful <laughs> hair. Right now it's bright orange, but it has been various colours, I think including <laughs> rainbow at yep. one stage. Is that just an extension of your creativity and just wanting to add a splash of colour around the place?
2: <laughs> I have a very weird theory behind bright coloured hair, so just hang with me for okay. a bit. So I did casual leaf teaching for three years, right? And I'd also at the very start of my teaching career for that, I just shaved my head. So I was at a point of, I don't even care how it looks anymore. Let's just have fun with it. And I realized when you've got unique hair, you're much more memorable. Mm. So I'd go into schools and uh, people were like, oh, did you have that bald teacher, teacher class? She was really great, wasn't she? Oh, did you see that um, teacher with the bright blue hair? She did this. The kids really loved it. And the staff are suddenly talking um, about me. And when I first started here at Manor Lakes, I remember sitting in the staff room and Dodzy, he looks at me and he goes why is your hair colored like that? And I said, so people talk to me, it's working. Uh, and, yeah. and it's completely true. It made me more approachable, memorable. Teachers would talk about me and I actually think it played a part in me being recognized at the school and being asked to apply to work here because I hadn't considered um, working full-time until my daughters had gone to school and they're not in school yet. Yeah. So it's kind of um, yep. been a tool for people to notice me, talk to me. And as a teacher, those shy kids, they really want to ask me about my hair. So they warm up. So the kids are quicker to respond to me, to come up to me, talk to me, open up to me. So it's kind of my working theory, but I've noticed every time I've got unique hair, bright colours, it's worked in my favour for a lot of reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah. right. Um, So we'll finish with a short segment we call Before the Battle. So some short and sharp questions. So first of all, so as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be an artist, actually.
1: Right. what advice would you give your teenage self?
2: Um, don't worry about what other people think. Just do you and find joy.
0: Mm, nice. That's great. Um, who's the most famous person you've met? Uh, Hamish Blake, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any other hidden talents?
2: Um, no, just arts. Just anything creative. I call myself a human photocopier. I see it, I can yeah. copy it.
1: Wow. How about that?
2: And
0: who is your favourite singer? Pink,
2: definitely pink. Ooh. Pink? Well,
1: that's the next hair color, surely. <laughs> um, movie or series recommendation?
2: Oh, um, series The Dragon Prince, which is on Netflix. Yeah. It's an animation. It's really good.
0: Okay. Um, and what are you most looking forward to in your life right now?
2: Um, just having weekends with my kids now that. Tim's got this new job. We get weekends together as a family and we're doing lots of zoo stuff and
0: we're just making all these memories and it's really nice. It's lovely. So, Danny, we really appreciate your time. Thank you and good luck.
1: Thanks, Danny. Really appreciate that. Uh, It's great. Thank you you for having me
0: on the show. I appreciate it a lot. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed that. See you next time. Mannerisms. The Manalake's Lakes P12 College podcast is entirely recorded and produced on-site here at the college. If you think there's someone we should interview, please email your nominations along with a brief explanation to our email address, podcast at p 12viceduau or just come over for a chat when you see us around the school. We must thank some wonderful teachers for their time and expertise to this project. Aidan Arendes and his team for their technical production skills to bring this podcast to the airwaves. Quite a time-consuming task indeed. And to Michael Polk for sourcing our hip theme music and designing our stylish cover art. Thanks, gentlemen. And last but not least, thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Until next time.